0: Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from nine. And Senator Peter Wish-Wilson, Green Senator for Tasmania, good morning to you. G'day, Mike, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Look, uh, let's talk about how fantastic it is we've got submarines.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we've already got some submarines, Mike. Um, yeah,
0: no, but look, but let's, let's look at uh, these new the ones here, Peter. Upgraded. I know. Thank your pardon? These new ones, <laughs> I mean, these nuclear-powered submarines, I thought you'd love it. Yeah, well, we're not going to
1: get them for another 20 years at least. That's the first thing I think everyone needs to be aware of. Um, we certainly don't have the, uh, the capacity to man 12 submarines. I think we've got three or four active ones at the moment. And, of course, there's a big debate amongst the uh, experts themselves as to whether these are the right kind of submarines for Australia. Uh, there seems to be unanimous agreement that nuclear power submarines would give us an advantage if we want to send our submarines outside our territorial waters, like up to the South China Sea. Mm -hmm. If there was any future conflict there, that would give us that kind of range. But, you know, we're trying to defend our country here. If if we are, um, there's smaller, quieter, less expensive submarines that do the job pretty well. So what really concerns me as a politician and as a parliamentarian, Mike, is that this decision, which is a momentous decision in so many ways, was made, uh, you know, by the Prime Minister, the flick of a pen with no consultation with anyone and Parliament will not get to scrutinise the decision to procure these submarines. We just won't get a we won't get a look in there. How's that for democracy?
0: Well, I think that Peter Dutton is a stronger minister. I mean, it's an about time we did something. Mm. We haven't for a long time. And we do need... I mean, I'm not saying the drums are beating at all, but I'm certainly yeah, considering the fact that you've got issues. We, we've got close neighbours that, uh, I mean, way more populated than we are. There's also... There's other countries without naming that we know uh, there's issues there. We need our defence force, you know, that we need more money spent on our defence force. Not to not so sit aside and look, you can have those old ones, i will do them. By the time France mm. France is finished with the diesel ones, they'll be redundant. Yeah,
1: well, I'd argue that I think even these submarines will be redundant in twenty years, Mike. Um, there's a lot of evidence that smaller drone underwater drones are going to replace submarines using uh, right. you know very advanced very advanced technology. So I think yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a live debate. Uh, I think you know the, the people need to understand that this the. AUKUS alliance, Australian, UK, US alliance, is a lot more than just a submarine deal. Oh, yes. Um, We've got access to technology here that only one other country in the world's got, which is the UK. And these nuclear submarines are the most lethal uh, floating weapons platforms on the planet. My concern, and the concern of Paul Keating and a number of very high-profile commentators recently, is that this is going to trigger an arms race in our region. You bring on, you, we've never had nuclear power in this country before for any of our ships or any of our equipment. This is a substantial change of tune by the government. Uh, we're hitching our wagon to the US in many strategic ways. They're not going to give us this technology without asking for things in return. Uh, you know, Paul Keating's been out there saying we've sold out our sovereignty and independence by signing up mm-hmm. to this deal and I think you know, um, look, you're right about having big countries turn north like Indonesia that are heavily populated. But my view, and the view of my party, uh, is that diplomacy and um, building trust in the region is the most, and you know, through trade deals and a whole range of other things, is the best thing we can do to have a stable region. You know, embarking on uh, adopting nuclear power in our submarines is going to trigger an arms race and make the you know it'll it'll ruin trust. And I think it'll make the region a lot more unstable. And who knows what our neighbours are, are going to start buying and start building. I've that. Never,
0: Peter, I've never actually heard um, the Greens say much about the fact that we uh, export seven hundred and fifty million dollars worth of uranium. I've never heard anyone sort of bounce up and down about that much.
1: Yeah, look, we uh, we're, we're, we've been really clear. Uh, we're a party of peace and non-violence, Mike. Uh, it's one of our four. It's you know our charter is built on four principles, and that's one of them. We've always opposed nuclear power. I suppose um, you know we're pretty proud of New Zealand having banned nuclear power. The New Zealand Prime Minister said Australian submarines wouldn't be welcome in their waters if they're powered by nuclear. We don't think it's safe. Uh, we think there's better options. Um, we're mm-hmm. proud of that. Uh, not not reconciling from the fact that we've opposed uh, nucle- uh, mining uranium as well. Um, and I think most, to be honest, I think most Australians do. Um, I personally, you know, as someone who wants to see this country powered by renewables in the future. I see the nuclear debate as a political red herring. I always have, like, mm-hmm. you know, when, you, when, you, when you see nuclear... All right, so we, we adopt nuclear power for submarines, and that, that's what's going to power us up. Uh, the next step is, well, why don't we have nuclear power? And then, of course, the other logical step for people that, are, that support nuclear power submarines is why don't we have nuclear weapons? Uh, it's a slippery slope, and, and it's not one I think we should be going down. Uh, and, you know, I think most Australians agree with me. I, I don't think they want to see nuclear power and, and nuclear weapons.
0: I know Scott Morrison has uh, shrugged off warnings uh, with the, with that decision to ditch the $90 billion French submarine contract uh, that risks derailing free trade negotiations with the European Union. I think we're still in there with a the chance.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, that that's the kind of things that they'll be raised. Right. Certainly, we've heard they've raised him in the mm. last couple of days in New York at the UN General Assembly. Um, you know, each country, it's interesting, Mike, each country is ranked internationally. Um, what on what's called country risk uh, and this is mostly used by investors you know some of the biggest investors on the planet and what they look at is they look at political risk they look at economic risk they look at corruption risk uh, and there's a thing called sovereign risk and this kind of thing you know australia's been slipping down the rankings internationally we used to be one of the best ranked countries in the world for country risk you know one of the safest places to invest mm. i think this kind of decision is going to con- is going to see us continue to plummet and the international risk ratings because countries will look at us and go, "That's not stable." You know, you had a you had a deal with the French government, um, and yeah, look, sure it wasn't going to to plan, but you work through these things with your friends and allies. Uh, we've just completely dumped them with no notice at all. No, no wonder they're furious, and this this won't go down well internationally. This is being noticed.
0: And tell me, um, the federal government uh, planning to scrap the Tasmanian Devil recovery plan? I hadn't heard about this, Peter. So fill me in. <sighs>
1: Look, I was furious last week, Mike. I, I've written to the Federal Environment Minister, Susan Leigh twice in the last six months, asking her to put more money into the Save the Devil program. Um, because they're a federally listed species, the federal government has some responsibilities, and they used to provide federal funds to help us save the Tasmanian devil to make sure the devil doesn't go away, the way of the Tasmanian tiger and become extinct, which is a very real risk. Yep. Uh, she's, she's refused to put in any money into... The Devil Program. It's been four years now since they provided any coin, uh, and then we find out on uh, Friday last week they're talking about scrapping um, the entire recovery plan for the Devil, like literally wiping the hands of it and handing the power back to the states. Mm. Um, yeah, we're, we're not, it's not just myself, but there's so many uh, conservationists and scientists and good zoologists and good people working on the Devil that that don't believe it's uh, that. Pardon the pun, it's out of the woods yet, a long way from it. Mm the risks facing the Tassie Devil aren't just the tumour disease which I'll be I will acknowledge there's been some good better news on that front recently in terms of the research and the devil showing some immunity but its biggest threats are from land clearing uh from, from road kill uh from you know clear fell forestry and and mining in uh in its habitat and a whole range of other threats so we're, it's, we're a long way from uh saving the Tassie, Tassie Devil and I my I think it's political though Mike you know the the Australian government's been trying to weaken federal environment laws in the last three years in government uh, but they don't have the numbers in the Senate to do that. Um, the Senate's blocked it so what I think this is is an attempt to actually do that in a, in a, in a backdoor way you know just say well we're, we're abrogating our responsibilities now to all these federally listed species including the Tassie devil uh, and you know what I think it's going to be really unpopular and, and it, it made me extra furious that the they they announced, on one day, they announced $120 billion for controversial submarines. Uh, on the next day, they, they say they're not going to give a single cent to the Tasmanian devil. I think they've got their priorities all wrong. I
0: know that um, um, state governments are supporting the rehabilitation of Tasmanian wildlife. I'm having a chat about that shortly. Uh, they've allocated $460,000 in the uh, Tasmanian, Tasmanian budget towards care and services for injured and orphaned wildlife across the state. So that's, you know, state government, doing all right yeah
1: look it's and so they should be too because it's it's a really it's a really important job that they have to is to use you know taxes and public revenues to to support especially critically endangered species Mm. um and, and good on them for and good on them for doing that but let me tell you 460 grand is just that's a drop in the ocean Um, We were trying to get some, uh, you know, up in the northwest around uh, Smithson, when you go across from Smithson to Montague to Marawa, you know, that area there in the northwest is one of the last sort of bastions of healthy devil populations left in the state. Well, um, earlier this year, Mike, uh, we lost 50 Tassie or more than 50 Tassie devils in a six week
0: spate along those roads.
1: And I put ads. I put half-page ads in the paper. I, I wrote to everyone. I called. I've been up, been down there meeting with the local council. I've met with the local NRM, NRM, just to put signage on those roads or put other devil mitigation measures like devil-proof fencing, uh, you know, corrugations on the roads. Make sure the roads are, are properly maintained so there's you know the, all the grass and the and the, and the yes. um, the the stuff is cut from the side of the roads to give drivers more time to react. Um, but that would cost four hundred and sixty grand just for that small area, and that's just one part of the state where these devils are at risk. So it's great we're seeing some funding, but this is where the, the Australian government has to step up and spend millions. I mean, I don't think any of us would would you know would would sleep at night if we knew that this this our yeah, uh, state's icon was going to become extinct. Now, this is the time to be acting.
0: Now, Peter, let's uh, move on to a uh, federal election. Uh, the, you know, you've uh, launched a full candidate ticket over the weekend. And uh, you've said it's the most important election in history. Now, I know where you're going to go with this because I have a son that discusses climate change with me on a regular yeah. basis. And I'm with him in a lot of aspects in, in regard to that. But, I mean, um, you, you know, and, and Australia, we do. We lag behind dreadfully even Boris Johnson has said we do I mean for heaven's sakes for Boris to say something in the UK but I mean this is why 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 what is what are the greens what are your plans in that regard with this now full full ticket if you like
1: yeah so look um don't take I mean I'd ask your listeners not to take my word for it you know I'm I'm obviously very passionate about the environment and, and and that's why my party was set up but This has come from 250 of the world's best climate scientists. They're all very conservative people. They have no political affiliation with any party. They are saying, and I've watched their language change over the last 20 years since they've been putting out their their IPCC, um, Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change Reports. They are saying that humanity is on the edge of an irreversible disaster. That is their words. They have said their report was a code red for humanity. These are very conservative people. They have to agree with every word on that report has to be wordsmithed through consensus. So you imagine that final report is a very conservative document, yet they were their own words. So if humanity is on the edge of an irreversible disaster and we have a short window to act, we simply cannot allow another four years of this government's denial, delay and dysfunction in relation to climate change. We have five and a half years left of budget before we break Mm. our 1.5 degree warming target. It it is absolutely the fact that this has to be the most important federal election in our country's history if you care about climate change and you care about future generations. We simply have to get action.
0: Peter, the UK has a target of... Uh, I mentioned Boris before. It's a target of cutting emissions by 78% of 2005 levels by the year 2035. It's got a net zero by 2050 targeted. Now, that target is enshrined in law in the UK, but that compares to Australia's 26 to 28% 2030 target and its preference, its preference as distinct from a firm commitment to achieve carbon neutrality by mid-century. I mean... For, for, even for those deniers, we've got to look at this. We, the, you can't deny it. I mean, also, let us if you look on a positive, there can be um, economic opportunity.
1: Oh, to- look, totally. We're, look, we're, we're a global embarrassment, but, you know, it's just like a Green New Deal. You know, if you want to you engineer your way out of a problem, you've got to look at solutions. There's a massive amount of research and development and new industries to be built on the back of this. In fact, I think Forbes magazine just two weeks ago Mike Forbes magazine said that climate change is the biggest single investment opportunity since the internet. There's so many opportunities to create new jobs and new industries by doing the right thing mm. and looking after the planet and looking after future generations. The reason Australia is an international embarrassment, the reason we are are a laggard, is our government. And I think the I put the Labor Party in the same camp. They are protecting.
0: I'm glad you mentioned UK. that because I was going to mention that. So you, you threw it in there. Good on you.
1: Well, look, they're the same. They're they're no different at all. They've both got hopeless policies on climate change. They're trying to play small targets with each other and they're not giving voters a choice. Um, They are fighting a rearguard action for the fossil fuel industry and the industries of yesterday. Um, They know that that the fossil fuel industry makes about $3 billion a day in profits. Every single day they can delay action is good for their balance sheets. Unfortunately, they're big donors to both major parties and they get pay for play in Canberra. It's actually it's actually institutional corruption of our democracy. We've always been fighting for better disclosure laws on donors, and mm. we've been fighting for independent commissions against corruption. We'll never move to climate action until we can actually... In fact, the Australian people are the only people that can actually change this by well, well,
0: well, climate change is going to be... Uh, it's It's definitely one of the top items on the agenda when scott morrison is having his chat with the u.s indian and japanese counterparts in washington later this week so i'll be interested to hear uh, what's going on there if i can though colin on facebook has messaged with a question for you peter he says if these submarines aren't a good idea what should we do if another country wants to invade us says colin on facebook
1: i think i would i would say to colin um the best way to stop another country invading you is to actually have a constructive, uh, peaceful relationship with that country. Mm. Now, there's a lot of talk about China at the moment, which is very concerning. Like, we're openly talking about a conflict and going to war with China. This has really snuck up on us very quickly. And history tells us that we need to take this very seriously. I mean, China hasn't invaded any country that I'm aware of. Look, they really haven't. I mean, we have participated in all these foreign wars with the US, including we saw recently the, you know, the the, the failure of Afghanistan after 20 years, we, and yet suddenly China going to. We're we concerned about China invading Australia. Of course, we have to have a defence force and we have to have deterrence. But the best thing to do in that situation would be have a series of smaller, quieter submarines that can actually patrol our coastlines. Mm-hmm. These nuclear-powered submarines are designed to, you know, operate for months on end without surfacing using an independent power source that can allow them to go right around the planet. I don't think that's defending Australia. That, that sounds more like we are posturing to be involved with the US in a regional conflict in our area. And I think, you know, Paul Keating's right. What we should be investing in Australia at the moment is our own sovereignty and our own independence. Let's not hitch our wagon to any country. Let's be an indep- a strong independent nation that has its own mind and has its own strategic
0: concerns. Peter, good to talk to you again for our regular chat, and I look forward to it again soon. Peter Wilson, Green Senator for Tasmania. Right. Thanks, Mike. And we'll talk again soon, you, Pete. Cheers, mate. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.